Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by... Pierce. Hey, guys. And uh, this week, we, we thought, or I thought, we'd do something a little bit different and fun. So there's been a few times in the past... Obviously not in the future because, well, I wouldn't remember well, those. It will probably, probably in the future. It'll probably happen in the future, but I don't remember those because they haven't happened yet and I, I don't have fourth dimensional uh, complete awareness. That said... That'd be cool. That would be cool and that would be a podcast for another day. What would you do if you could time travel? But several times in the Buy past... Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> okay, because you, you were saying going back. Okay. Yes. You don't mind spoilers. We should set that up Well, the, yes. This for, is for the most... only reason this is able to happen is because I don't care. Pierce doesn't care about spoilers for most things, and he also will make it very clear, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but he'll make it clear if, yeah, I don't plan on seeing that or reading that or listening to that, whatever. So if people talk about it in front of him, whatever that thing might be, he doesn't care. I don't even remember the last movie I actually saw in theaters, and my girlfriend and I have been together eight months, and we have not been to the movies together. Really? So, it's just just not something we do. Okay. I don't don't have a problem with it, but yeah. Well, that being said... So there's been a number of times where, particularly with movies, sometimes with TV shows or books, but usually movies um, or comics, where I'll see a movie, Pierce has no interest in seeing it, but he doesn't mind talking about it or or hearing about it. Or making fun of it, yeah. So, yeah, so I will sit there for half an hour and explain to him the plot of a movie. And then normally, about five minutes after we finish doing that, I go, why didn't I record that? Yeah. Because it's usually pretty fun. It's kind of story time with Jordan. Story time with Uncle Jordan. <laughs> with Uncle Jordan. But it's also a, a, an interesting way to discuss a movie because it's one person's you know version of the story, but both people get to you know determine what they think of that version, whether yeah. it's the actual version or not. Immaterial. So we're going to get to that eventually. Literally immaterial. <laughs> it's literally immaterial. But we're not going to start with that because we're going to talk Dawn of the Planet of the Apes towards the end. But first off, I just kind of want to know, Pierce, what is your general feeling, what are your general feelings, mm-hmm. towards Planet of the Apes as a franchise? We're talking the movies, comics, the two television shows, the reboot, the prequels, the all the different things you can think yeah. about with that, with that franchise. What are your thoughts of it in general? Okay, so... The first one I obviously saw was the first one, Planet of the Apes. The Charlton Heston vehicle? Yes, and I know you don't care for Charlton Heston. I really don't. I don't I, I don't have anything against him as a person. I mean, I, I think it's hard to have anything against a person with dementia that just well, would make yeah. him into a total jerk. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you could have a problem with him before they had that, but once they do, it's kind of yeah, like, yeah, what are you going to do? You come off looking like a bad guy, like Michael Moore after he berated him in that, that oh, one movie. Oh, yeah. Um, that's beside the point. Politics notwithstanding, you know, it's, he still looked bad because he made fun of a person with dementia. Yeah. Anyway, I don't buy him as an actor. I, I just don't. I, I appreciate that he's been in many, many very important and influential films. I appreciate that a lot of people do like his acting. I just don't buy him. I find him to be, and I do mean exactly what I'm about to say, a hammier hmm. William Shatner. That is how I view him, and I don't buy him in any role that I've ever seen him in. It's just him yucking it up and chewing scenery. 
and we're talking, again, many, many important films. Maybe the one I buy him the most in, but still don't buy him in. It's just I come the closest would be The Ten Commandments. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, that's when people say Charlton Heston, I think that is probably the number and, one And I think the only reason more. I kind of buy him in that, kind of, is that everyone else in the movie is yucking it up and, and overacting everything to Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner's the main yeah. uh, other you know, opposing force in that movie, but everyone is overacting in that movie because it, we're still in that era of the transition from stage to screen, yeah. and you're still kind of playing for the rafters, so I, I can buy that. You're know, playing to the cheap seats type and, deal. And I think... I think that's part of it, but and to distinguish him, I think specifically from Shatner, Shatner, I think does it in a cheesier way, where Charlton Heston I feel does it in a more stoic way, where he is over the top but reserved more at the same time. I feel like sure, yeah, it's William Shatner on Xanax. Yeah, no, well that's true, but I feel like Shatner wants to like weep and moan and ah like. I don't get that from Heston. I get more of the stoicism and, and more rage in anything. It's clenched jawed. Yeah, exactly. Know, yeah. So I, I liked the original. I watched it in film camp back in like eighth grade because my middle school did film class during the summer and they really tried to cover all the genres and all the time periods. And so like... So here you get eight movies and the future. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this was also like during, I think it was when we were talking about special effects. So we saw a lot of early special effects, be it Jaws and kind of the, you know, robot robotics used, or Planet of the Apes and kind of how they did costuming back then and kind of versus... The makeup was, effects, the masks. Exactly. Kind of stuff like that. Or, you know, early effects like, you know, and I guess spoilers if you don't know this. But oh yeah, we're full spoilers as much as yes. we can remember for anything Well, I'm assuming like you at least are aware of the fact that he sees the Statue of Liberty at the end of the movie. Like, you know, effects like that, talking about that and talking about you know, what that movie did for science fiction and how that was one of the first more not like, you know, Buckaroo Banzai kind of sci-fi. <laughs> and did they talk, did they compare it to the book at all? Was there any compare and contrasting? I don't remember much talk about the book and I'm not familiar with the book, so I can't also speak to that. Um, but I didn't actually, I've seen that one a couple times, but I've not actually seen anything in the verse in the series, I guess I should say, until I believe you said it was the Tim Burton the remake, remake? Yeah. yeah, which I hated a lot. Oh, it's awful. The practical makeup effects for the apes are amazing, and yeah, and beyond that, the movie. And just I think awful. I think that's the interesting thing where it kind of flipped, where the original was really bad makeup effects, but um, but revolutionary for their time, revolutionary for, for their, their time. time absolutely, they don't hold up, no. not in the slightest, but still able to convey a, a well put together story, while the new one is just effects, and then. Monkey Abraham Lincoln, because why not? <laughs> um, so beyond that, I haven't really seen much. I don't like monkeys and apes. Like, they are probably my least favorite animal. Really? Yeah, my girlfriend says the same thing. I don't know why. I just don't like them. And so, you know, a monkey, a movie about monkeys and apes taking over the world. Well, there's no monkeys in the movie. Yeah, there's no of. monkeys, whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, I just, I'm not really interested in seeing a movie about chimpanzees taking over the world. So, that's why I kind of haven't seen the new ones. So you, you haven't seen either of the new ones? Cor correct, yes. Okay. Um, How about you? So, I can appreciate on a film level, on a film lover level, that's a difficult lover phrase level. to say. Yep. Um, I can appreciate in a film history level and all these kind of things, the original film. You know, yep. Planet of the Apes, 
I can definitely see why it's important and appreciate it, even if I don't really enjoy it that much. Again, mostly that's William Shatner. William Shatner. Mostly that's uh, <laughs> Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Don't even get me started on Omega Man, people. Yes, you heard me right. Um, okay, <laughs> that movie's like, awful. yeah, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I guess, but I like the story, and that's actually one where I know the story well. But all right, all right I'll leave that be. Continue. How anyone who knows the actual story could say that they have any fond feelings for that awful movie, aside from the camp factor, and I know you like camp. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I guess I'm not a good judge of this, because I also love campy beyond belief, so, it's, yeah. You know, it is it is to I Am Legend what uh, Batman and Robin is to the Batman franchise, <sighs> as far as I'm concerned. That aside from... Uh, I can appreciate that movie... Even even with Charlton Heston there. Wait, is that the Freeze one? Can we backtrack? Can I make Freeze puns? Or was that not Batman that is and Robin? The, that is Batman and Robin. Dang it, I missed the chance for Freeze puns. Okay, continue. The internet will weep. Anyway. Yep. Once you get past that, I have seen all of the original films. I haven't seen the animated series or the live action series. But I've seen all, all of the, uh, you know, the features. Yeah. And I think I've read a couple of the comics. I've never been that big on the world of Planet of the Apes, so I haven't delved yeah, into it that big. It's a world of monkeys, uh, you know? There are definitely interesting things in all five original films. Again, I don't really enjoy any of them. And once you get past the first one, I can't, I can't even you know, lay down the caveat of it. But at least I appreciate what they did for, yeah. you know... They were money grabs. The third one, is the third one where the apes come back to our time? I, don't, I didn't realize there were five... Like, I really have no Well, idea. there's... Well, let's see if I can remember here. Well, there's Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That's number one. Then there's... I believe the second is Beneath the Planet of the Apes, um, which is the one that Charlton Heston's in for, like, five minutes, kind of, hmm. and features some telepathic humans underground worshipping the bomb. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah, I Oh, I remember that. I remember that, yeah. Then, I believe it's Escape from the Planet of the Apes. I believe... Then Conquest and Battle 4, or Battle 4 and then Conquest. I forget the order. Um, but at some point, the parents of Caesar barely escape the destruction of the Planet of the Apes, which the bomb blows up and yeah. takes out the planet. They basically do a reverse uh, Charlton Heston and end up in the 70s. No. Late 70s, <laughs> early 80s. I forget now exactly I'm just what. imagining them, like, you know, in hippie glasses and... No, they're in, like... I forget what the what the female chimpanzee's name is, but she looks like she's dressed like Florence Henderson. Yeah, that's what, for a lot yeah, of movies. That's pretty much what I'm imagining. Yeah, and they are eventually. That's an, it, that is actually a very interesting. It's a weird movie, but it does have some very interesting things to say and interesting ways of looking at the world through the eyes of these apes coming to modern times before the you know the rise of the apes. They are eventually killed, but there's a switcheroo, and their baby is switched for a quote unquote standard chimpanzee baby. And oh no! So their baby becomes Caesar, and that is how the, the, uh, through a series of events, basically, and then like all dogs and cats die, and so what? There's some virus that basically wipes dogs and cats off the face of the planet. So people start looking for other forms of uh, animal companionship, basically, and they start bringing in helper monkeys all over the place. Like not just apes, but also I believe helper monkeys. But so. Ch- chimpanzees become like the new it thing to have for rich people, and that leads to Planet of the Apes. It's weird. That's yeah, that's dumb. And Roddy Roddy Piper, I believe, is the main play Caesar. I believe as an adult, I think it's him. I might have, or maybe it's Roddy McDowell. I am. I think it's probably Roddy McDowell. I don't know. I don't really care. Wow. Okay. 
I, I particularly don't really like Conquest or Battle for it. They're both just weird, dark, like, Black Panther allegories yeah, for things. Like, I don't know, it's just, it did, they didn't age very well. And then I've heard nothing but terrible things about the live-action series, which I've never seen. Okay, then right. flash forward to, to Tim the, Burton, to the Tim Burton, which was like two thousand one ish, I think. I don't the know the Mark Wahlberg Tim Burton. I've Mark seen Mark, it. I've seen it once. Did not really enjoy it at all. Um, the ending was interesting. Like I, I, I would have been interested to see where they might have gone with that ending because unlike the original ending from the book or the original movie ending, which is very different, like both of those, you, you blew can, it up. You know, both those, it's like, oh, okay, I see where... Even if they'd never done another Planet of the Apes yeah. film, you, you get what, what they're trying to say with that ending from the from the movie. From the book ending, you get what they're trying to say. It's a very different ending, but you get what they're trying to say. From the movie ending, I'm not entirely sure what uh, chimpanzee or gorilla, I forget, Abe Lincoln, was trying to say. Like, did he go into the future and... Is this an alternate reality? Like, I don't know exactly yeah, what it's trying right. to go there. Maybe... So that's what I'm saying. Like, had they done another movie, maybe I could have been interested in where where they went with that. I don't know. But I know, but did. it would have been the exact same thing, but in equivalent of modern-day monkey time. But that could be interesting. We've never seen that in a Planet of the Apes movie, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would just imagine it would be the exact same plot. Maybe, but, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Now, the other night when I was at your house, I explained to you the entire plot of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, so we can skip that. So we, we can skip that. Um, I, again, I wish I'd recorded it. It would have been fun. But So now you know what happened in there. Yep. And uh, for people who weren't there in the Monkeys room, rise up. which is everyone in on the planet except for you and myself. Let's hope, because it'd be weird. And Dave for like the last five minutes. Unless you have ghost powers. Tell me if you have <laughs> ghost powers, please, because it'd be really creepy. I would like to acquire some of those. Yes, yeah, um, I, like I said, not a big fan of Planet of the Apes. But Rise surprised me. I kind of I'd heard good things about it. Um, I'm kind of indifferent towards James Franco. I like him a lot in some things. I really don't in others. So he wasn't a selling <laughs> point or a knock against the movie. But I eventually saw it on DVD and was blown away. I really enjoyed that movie. I liked how they set up the world. I thought it worked a lot better than Conquest and Battle for, which is what it and the new one Dawn are kind of. They're kind of remakes of those in a way, updates of those. They they parallel them in some in some ways. I thought it was really well done. I thought the Alzheimer's angle was really cool. What drove it? Yeah, and how that played into it. How they explained the downfall of humans and the uprising of apes using a similar or the same really starting point, but going in a cool direction with it. I really enjoyed that movie. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was really good. Okay. The other day. I went to see Rise of the or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is a new one. You know, people, I'm not the first person to say this, but it feels like Dawn should come first and then Rise. Yeah, everyone's been saying like that doesn't make sense. But so I, I keep getting them in my head. I was absolutely. I'd already said blown away by Rise. I, I like Rise. I was blown away by Dawn. Dawn is one of the best oh. movies I've seen in a while. Like it is really? a really, really excellent movie. Probably the best horrors of war film I've seen in a decade. The point of that movie is. War really sucks, and you should avoid it if you can. There are other elements in there as well that are important, but that is the central message I took away, which is you think you're going to go into this movie and you're going to have the heroic apes and the awful humans, and you're going to root for these apes as they finally inevitably go into battle with the humans. Like I said, spoilers already, so we're going to spoilers. But by the time... like It's not really till the third act where the fighting starts, and by the time it does, 
you're like, no, I like all, I like, I like you apes, I like you humans. Nobody's really a bad guy. There's a couple bad eggs, really one bad egg on each side. But even them, they're not evil necessarily. You understand exactly why they're doing what they're doing. You just want everybody to work together and get along. You know, they can't because it's Planet of the Apes. Well, yeah. But it's not a triumphant fist-pumping, yeah, when the battle comes. It's a heart-stopping, no, it's a sad moment. It's, it's a sad, upsetting thing when the, when the fighting happens. It's really interesting how they managed to do that. And, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. But you mentioned you have no idea what the ending from the book is. That is correct. And I do. I, okay. or at least I, I, this is my memory of what the ending of the book is. The original book is a French novel. I believe it translates to Monkey Planet. I believe mm, what the title li- literally translates to. And I think there actually are some monkeys. Rise of Monkey Planet. Either there are actually some monkeys in it, or the French word for ape and monkey are the same. I oh, don't remember. Yeah. Um, or the, they they have it reversed in like you know for in English, all monkeys are apes, but not nearly all apes are monkeys. And it may be the reverse in French. I don't know. I don't particularly care. It's not important for this discussion. But they did not use the ending of the book for the movie. And that makes perfect sense to me. Okay. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's upset about it, you know, even though the ending of the movie is very iconic. But it's an ending that works really well in print and would not work nearly as well in, on film. So, and this is so yeah, what is, what is it? The book starts with two people walking along a beach. Now, I should make it clear. I've not actually read the book. I, this is what... I, I know okay. what the ending is, but I haven't read it. So if I have, like, some so small detail... opens wrong. up, romantic, walking on the beach. Pretty much, you know... Couple, Are they monkeys? Couple walking on the beach, and they... Mo- monkey couple? <laughs> monkey couple. No, no, no. This starts... Like, there's a framing device. Okay. Framing device. And they find either a notebook, or they find, like, a message in a bottle. But basically, they find the story of Planet of the Apes... On the beach, whether it's in a bottle or whether okay. it was in a cave or whatever. And they start reading this, like, handwritten account. And I think it's, like, first person, like, the account of whatever the astronaut's name was. Oh, this is what's hap- This is what happened to me. So, like, how Grand Budapest Hotel is a movie about a dude recording his experience about a book... About his I still haven't actually going watched to a it. place about a dude's life story. I still haven't actually watched it, so I don't know. <laughs> Wait, but, I think I got it right, because the frame... Yeah. Don't spoil yeah. it for me, because okay. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I don't like spoilers, unlike Pierce. But, <laughs> hey, the full warning's been given here, and I've actually seen the movie. So, so they, they find this, and they're reading it, and I don't know how much it cuts back to them, like, commenting on it or whatever, but you get to the end, whatever the end of the story was, and it's not the Statue of Liberty, that has nothing to do with it. Um, although the French connection would be interesting there. Not the, yeah, movie, the French be... connection, but the actual little French well, connection. It would be interesting if they gave up and started watching French connection. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know exactly where it ends, if it just ends with him escaping into, on horses with, what's her name, Jungle yeah. Girl. But, and then the couple kind of looks at each other and goes, well, that's really a crazy story. You think that could ever happen? And the one ape looks at the other and goes, no, that's ridiculous. A human could never write something like this. Yeah, okay. More or less. Yeah, you were exactly right in your... Yeah. In your well, you're, Monkey couple. You were yep. right except ape couple. But So you're right except for that. But yeah, so I, I totally get why that works in print. You're yeah. not seeing the people. You assume because you do, that's what the human brain does, that this, these are humans reading this fanciful story and going, how crazy. But the reveal at the end is they're apes. But yeah, so ape couple. And you can see why, or I, I'm assuming you can see or imagine why that doesn't work on film. You yeah. would have to immediately obscure them you know, mm-hmm. just show their hands, but even you can tell the ape hands. So I was about to say, you'd be able to know from them, yeah. Or whatever, it doesn't work as a framing device when you can see the actual characters. 
hmm. and in a film that would work. So it t- totally makes sense to me why that they don't use that ending in the movie. And again, I like that ending a lot for a book. I like the ending of the original movie a lot as an ending for the movie. That's a really cool ending. You know, regardless of my thoughts on the film in general, that is a cool ending. Yeah, but so that works. Very well. iconic, very interesting, and, and totally changes your idea of what the movie is. Like, it's hard yeah. to think about that, but if you go back and you're seeing that movie for the first time and don't know anything about it, that changes everything about the movie that came before it. No, it does. For all and, the major things, you know. And especially with stories like that, that I feel like are lesser-known stories, and I don't want to transition the whole topic here, but I also think about... Um, I am Legend, you know, talking about, again about Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you the know, actual book ending, which, well, the whole concept of the book, where they're they're just vampires. There's no like ifs, ands, or buts. They're, they're vampires. And now, granted, I actually read somewhere that they only can't go over moving water and are afraid of garlic because they think they're supposed to be, which is an interesting. That's sort of thing. like from Preacher. I guess, I don't know there, Preacher. There's but... a character in Preacher who's a vampire who only, everything he believes about himself is things he knows from fiction. Yeah. So when he finally meets another vampire, the vampire's like, garlic's delicious, eat garlic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what there is wrong with you? Um, you know, so that... Churches I... are nice. Like, what is your Churches problem? Churches are nice. You can just walk into someone's house. Um, but, yeah, so, and the whole concept where, yeah, who is the villain there, and, and not to spoil I Am Legend, but the idea is that he is the boogeyman. So to spoil it. <laughs> no, yeah. To completely spoil it in every single way. Like, the the idea is that, you know, he's going around what he thinks is killing vampires. Well, he's the last human. And so now vampires aren't the boogeyman. It's he, 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 he is, is the, the thing that goes bump in the night. Exactly. And it, it's a very similar assumption that you make in uh, Planet of the Apes, or the book at least, wherein you assume that these are humans because you're a exactly. human and why would it be anything different? You assume the main character in this post-apocalyptic world, is the hero because he's a human in a world of vampires. Why wouldn't he be the hero? Exactly. But of course he is the, the he's villain. He's the villain, yeah. Because yeah. he's just murdering people. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a crazy person <laughs> killing people for no good reason. Other than the fact that they try to eat him. But, you know, whatever. a terrible white face. Oh, that was just Omega Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there's that. Um, oh, such a weird movie. <laughs> so, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, and people will not, of course, like I already said, be able to hear my rendition of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. But uh, just assume it was all 100% factually correct and beautiful. and uh, Eloquent. Be, then you'll be in the same position Ish. that Pierce was in. So, yeah. Right next to there. you on the couch. <laughs> so, yes. I should make it clear, as I transition into telling the story, as I remember it, of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I've only seen it once. Mm-hmm. It was about a week ago. So I might have some facets incorrect, but this is how I remember it. He also does not have a picture book that he can show me the images <laughs> of. And then Caesar went to the river. Exactly. Like, it's not the same. But right. So just to remind you, Pierce, Caesar, uh, raised with humans, yep. and super intelligent, and by the end of the movie can talk, although he only talks a little bit. But it's kind of, I think the, the only, one of the only words he says, definitely the first word he says in Rise is no. Like, he yells no, and it's this big shocker moment in the movie of, oh, I didn't realize he had progressed that far. Mm. And then I think he does talk a little bit right at the end of the movie. I feel like, I feel like conversation and words would come before forming a civilization. No, 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 no. it's... I believe, is the, where is the no? I want to say the no is where, okay, so there's this, I didn't tell you this part. There's the dad who has Alzheimer's, um, John Lithgow. Yeah. And when he, I, I, I believe it's when he has started to regress after the drug has like worn off and it, he's now worse than ever. The, 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 the just a whole next door neighbor has like a 
Mustang or Maserati or something, some sporty sports car. The guy's a pilot, too, which actually is kind of important by the end of the movie. But he is a jerk and has been a jerk the whole movie. And I think he had suspicions that Caesar was living with them. So this is before Caesar goes to the ape sanctuary, which is not a sanctuary, but whatever. And the dad mistakes the car as his own. And so he go, he sits in the car, he starts it, and there's a car accident. Like, okay. he, he gets, like, 20 feet and then crashes into somebody. Maybe he doesn't even get into the sports car, but he gets but into so, his own yeah, car whatever. and hits the sports car, whatever. So the guy comes out and starts, like, shoving him. Caesar sees it from the window, comes out, and I believe that's where he yells, No! I might be remembering this completely wrong, but he punches that guy, and that's why he eventually has to go to the animal sanctuary. Because, you know, he creates the... Okay, so he starts talking in the first one. Either that, or he speaks at the animal sanctuary when somebody is doing something to another ape, and he yells, No. Okay, something like that. You know, regardless. And then by the end of the movie, once... Right when they're the apes have escaped across the bridge, and it might be like six months later, I believe he may have a conversation with James Franco there, like a limited conversation. And the way the apes talk, all the apes talk in the second movie, or most of them, um, not a lot. Usually, mostly they use sign language. There's a lot of, like, literally subtitled sign language in the movie, which is really cool. Like, the first 20 minutes, I don't think there's any speaking, which is not something you see very often. Yeah, and and, and I think I would appreciate that. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It's them hunting, like, caribou. And what, that wouldn't be caribou, but elk or something. It was deep, deer-like, deer-like creatures. creatures. Um, oh, okay. Which, so we could say deer-like creatures, but I can't call them monkeys, and then that'd be okay? Because monkeys... Apes are not monkeys. Yeah, and elk aren't deer. I don't know. The point is, I know one thing, and I'll make it clear <laughs> that I don't know the other thing, and not just saying the first word that comes to my head. Um, whatever is indigenous to San Francisco and is a deer-like creature. Yeah, probably deer. <laughs> But I think they were bigger than that. Whatever they, whatever they were, yeah. elk or moose or whatever, it doesn't antelope. matter. Antelope. Um, yes, all those indigenous antelope in, uh, <laughs> in, in San Francisco. I thought this was interesting. This is a side point, but the way that, and I, I got to attribute this to Andy Serkis because he's the one who does all the speaking in the first movie for the apes. But they follow his example in the second. Is the way they speak is only on the exhale. Okay. So if they. Utter words. It's only when it's yeah, spelling I, I get it. I get breath. It. But it's that speed for the most part. So there's not a lot of speaking at all. But they all follow that example. It's very fascinating how consistent it is. I'm sorry, I spit all over you. By you, the way. you did, yes, yes. Um, but it's it's very cool how they do this. And and can I on a side note, I saw Andy Circus on Conan actually, and it was really interesting because he actually imitated what a phone call between Caesar and Gollum would be like. And then, you know, he kind of intermingled Smeagol in there, too, a little bit. So, it was a, yeah, it was a very interesting... And uh, all the eight performances are amazing. Judy Greer plays Caesar's wife. Didn't realize that till the end credits. I don't know. Never says a single word. Um, this will be the last time you get to see these, Michael! Okay. Her. Kitty, yeah. Yeah, Kitty, I can't remember. Kitty Sanchez? Was that her last name? I just remember Kitty. But from Arrested Development. Great actors. No, I, I don't believe she, I literally don't believe she says a single word in the movie. And at the end, it's like, oh, that was Judy Greer. Well, that was a really good performance. A wordless performance. As, as a a wordless performance. But it's, that's what it was. Yeah, no, I believe it. So it's ten years later. The outbreak from the end of the first movie has killed off 499 out of every 500 humans, approximately. And the apes that are living in San Francisco have multiplied... They are, like, they have schools 
where they are like literally teaching monkey schools. Yeah, it's um not Marcel. I forget what the main orangutan is named. It's something similar to Marcel, like Marcus or Marcel. He's Where have awesome. I heard the name Marcel before? Marcel Marceau? Hmm. Can't remember. All right, Probably a French circus? I don't know. <laughs> yes, because I frequent them all the time. <laughs> no, Cirque du Soleil. Um, like, he's he's teaching them, like, with chalk or, or you know, scraping stones on... It kind of looks like those um, dragon shrines from uh, Skyrim. You know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like that, but with, like, ape shall not kill ape. Like, their rules as okay. he's teaching the young apes and stuff. He's one of the few orangutans in the movie, and he's just awesome. Okay. He looks, looks so cool. Four, four feet good, two feet bad? Is that one of the... I don't think... It's not Animal Farm. Dang it. <laughs> um, it, it, does, it does remind you of that a little bit in certain ways, which is cool. I like Animal Farm quite a bit. It's yeah. a, a very interesting book. And Animal House. Fun movie. <laughs> very different, though, from <laughs> Animal Farm. Yeah, well, whatever. It's not the sequel or the prequel. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's te- been ten years... Um, the movie opens in the same way the first one closed. The first one closes that a-hole neighbor who's a pilot is the one who starts the outbreak, basically. Because he gets infected because he touched Tyler Labine, who was the first human How infected. dare he touch Tyler Labine? No, no, like, I think Tyler Labine is, like, bleeding from the nose and, like, mm. lurches forward and touches him, infecting him. He gets on a plane and then the end credits are, you know, the yellow lines being translated you know, showing you all across the world as the infection spreads, and it's all because of the a-hole neighbor who got infected. Oh, okay. Who was a pilot. That's why I said him being a pilot was important. I figured, yeah. So, the second movie starts the same way. Now it's red line, showing you the infection as news reports are playing in the background, uh, you know, CNN and MSNBC, and, like, clips of Obama declaring a state of emergency and stuff like that, as you just see the world falling apart. Picks up ten years later, um, the apes have this civilization in the woods in San Francisco, or, like, outside of San Francisco, I guess. I don't know exactly what that area is called, but where they've got, like, huts. It's very Native American-inspired, or... Because I guess in the original movies, it was a lot of, like, mud huts and stuff, but here it's, like, Mm, logs and Swiss Family Robinson, kind of, in a really cool way. And the humans... Treehouses? So the monkeys have treehouses? They haven't seen humans in a while. Like, they, I think they say it's been, it's been, like, three winters since we've seen a human. Like, they're just... And they're not, like, an, you know, there's not, like, animosity towards them. They just... You know, you ever notice you haven't seen a human lately? <laughs> Seriously, that's kind of what the conversation's yeah. like. Um, it's quickly established that Caesar has a son named Blue Eyes. And he, ha- his, he has a friend named Ash. He, he and Ash are... They're out hunting. The whole tribe is hunting. This is how the movie starts. 20 minutes of sign language and hunting. With them when they war paint. I would probably, yeah, I would probably watch. That would probably be enjoyable. And it just kind of introduces you to all the major ape characters. You've got Caesar, who's, you know, the, the noble leader raised by humans. He actually yeah. likes humans. And he, he he doesn't like all humans, necessarily. Obviously, he doesn't, like, he, the, he doesn't like the But dicks, he at least but, appreciates yeah. that they're not just He knows they're, yeah. And you have his son, Blue Eyes. You have his son's friend, Ash. You have... Ash's father, Rocket, or Mother Rocket? I don't actually don't remember. Rocket is not a major character. Monkeys in have stupid names. Well, no, most of the older monkeys got their names from the lab technicians in yeah. the first movie. But even, like, Blue Eyes, like, come on. That's a reference to the original movie. Is it? Yeah, because I, I, I believe they call Charlton Heston Blue Eyes, because it's such a weird uh, thing to see a human with blue eyes. Yeah, okay. You're right. No, you're right. And there's another one called that. Bright Eyes. And in the movie, I believe Caesar's mother was named Bright Eyes. 
Like, okay. in, the, in the lab, they called her Bright Eyes. I, Rocket's barely in the second movie, but he was in the first one. You have Koba. Koba is this scarred-up ape. He's, like, missing an eye, where it's, like, all whited over, if right. you know what I mean. Just got scars all over him, like, patches where there's no fur, because he was just so mistreated by humans. He hates them. He can't stand them. You've got, I, I, I'm going to say Marcel, even though I'm not entirely sure that's true. We'll just go with Marcel. He's awesome. Just as, you know what an orangutan looks like. I think so. And I'm you totally sure. buy that this is a orangutan, like a real life orangutan. And we're talking about one of the ones with the big flat faces. Yeah. Not the kind of more orange chimpanzee ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking the big ones. You've got some of the gorillas. Actually, the gorillas play a very small part in, in the second movie. Do they play bodyguards? Are they the bodyguards? No, they're in very little of it. They're, they're in some of the movie. But they're like because in in the original movies, like the whole politics angle of you know the, the caste system that they had of like who did what was very important. It's not particularly important here, and I appreciate that because that kind of got you into Trade Federation Star Wars territory <laughs> in, in the original movies, where it's like, oh, instead of doing anything interesting, let's have another um, uh, Congress scene. Like I think it's really important that we all sit down in the Coliseum and have a long discussion about politics. Okay, but see, all right, there's a big difference between. You know, a monkey, if you know, figured out, all right, gorillas, you guys are really better suited for physical labor. You know, I, you know, that's kind of interesting and in seeing how that would go down as they develop intelligence. The whole, tr- yeah, Federation Senate thing was really stupid, but and, and I don't, everything I don't about those movies was stupid. So, no, no, I think the original ones had some very interesting social commentary. One, we're, we're talking about one, two, three, right? Uh, even four and five. Well, no, no. I'm saying the original. I'm saying I'm saying four, five, six. Cool. One, two, three. Oh, every, Star Wars. I thought yeah. you were saying. I thought you were saying Planet of the Apes. Like oh, there's no, five no, no, of no, no, yeah, the no, original no. movies. Um, the, the, the original five movies, Planet of the Apes had interesting things to say. That's what I'm saying. Even yeah, if I yes. thought they were kind of dirty, uh, like, I, I, like I said, I definitely yeah appreciate the first one. So the the, the gorillas are barely in it. They do have a cool few key scenes, but it's mostly chimps. And Marcel. There's okay. a couple other orangutans you see, and most of them are very loyal to Caesar. Everyone's pretty much loyal to Caesar. He's the leader. He's a firm leader, but he's kind. He he just wants everybody to live in peace. They follow him because he gave them freedom, basically. And there's not just a few apes. There's tons of them because they've been multiplying for the last yeah. 10, 15 years, however long it's been. It's never explicitly said how long, but it's about 10 years. And I proposed a question, and you weren't sure the answer. I was, and if anyone listening knows... Did the flu enlighten other monkeys in other places throughout like, the world? We like don't know. it killed humans in other places. It, so. it's, it's never expanded upon, probably, but we don't know. Yeah. I, it, it might have even been said something about monkeys in the like in that opening credit sequence, like in the news reports. But I don't remember anything in particular okay. being said. But that would have been the only place that would have made any sense to really do that. Yeah. In the movie, so Caesar, upstanding ape, Koba hates humans, but he has. Very good reason to, yeah. but he just does not trust them. Period. Um, Caesar's son in that first hunting scene, he gets distracted for a minute and doesn't listen to his dad. And a, I think it's a black bear, black bear or grizzly bear, comes out of the woods and just puts this huge like claw scar across his chest. Yeah. So that gives you a visual identifier throughout the movie. So you're not thinking, oh wait, which one's that? Which one? And that? they did a very good job of this. Caesar, for the most part, walks upright, okay. very upright. Not always, but much more than the others, so he has a very human stature, so he stands out in a silhouette. Koba has the eye, and he's missing the patches, and he has his own scars. Um, Blue Eyes has very specific scars, 
Oh, and Caesar's also much more black than the other apes, okay. like in actual coloring. Most of the others have like more of a brown and gray and um, just more earthy tones to their fur. He is much more black and he is very, very striking. Okay. They do a very good job of, you can tell from the silhouettes who these chimpanzees are, which is not an easy thing to do in dogs. No, I was about to say, well. uh, yeah, it probably, it shows them really taking the time and planning that out. Which is actually nice to see. Did you watch Fringe? I got to, and again, spoilers for Fringe here, people. Um, <laughs> when they took Olivia. Okay. You remember um, Charlie Francis, her partner? Kirk yeah. Acevedo? Mm-hmm. He's in the movie. Okay. Okay. He's a human. He's a jerk. Okay. He's pretty much the bad egg of the humans. Right. In that he, he's, the, I think, the first human you see in the movie. He stumbles across Ash and Blue Eyes. He's just walking through the the, the, the woods. And after, like, ten seconds, he gets flustered. He pulls his gun and he shoots Ash. Ash doesn't die, but um, it greatly traumatizes Blue Eyes. All the apes are there in force in, like, 30 seconds. Hmm. And they're ready to tear him to shreds, but a few other humans come out and they're like, no, 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 please, it was a misunderstanding. Please don't hurt him. Um, we actually might be able to help each other. Um, we're not here to hurt you. But Caesar at that point is like, you know, you killed my son's friend and uh, the son of one of my best friends. Get out of here. Uh, do not ever come back. Hmm. And, like, you, you're not welcome here. This is our part of the world. I don't want to go to war with you, but stay away. And like I said, they haven't seen humans in a long time. Um, one of the guys who's kind of your main, I forget what, even what his name is, Michael or Matthew, something... He's, he's, he's the main human character. He's a good character. I don't remember his name. Like I said, I saw it once. Um, he's got his wife, Carrie Russell. And he's got his son, her stepson, who's Cody Smith McPhee, who... I had to look it up because like, I know that name. He was the kid in um, Let Me In, the American remake okay. of Let the Right One In, which was directed by this bad Matt, Matt Reeves, who directed this movie, and okay. Cloverfield. So... Batten three for three for me. I really like this guy's work. Right. He's not the same guy who did Rise yet, either, I should say. Okay. Um, that kid drops his bag with his sketchbook, and he's like, oh, let me go get it. And they're like, we're not going back because the apes said don't go. So the apes pick up the bag. They bring it back. There's this whole kind of ape senate scene, but not so <laughs> pedantic. And it's just, well, now we know there's humans around, and Koba wants to go kill them all. And so he's like, well, no, we're not killing them all. What are you, insane? You know, we're not doing this. And there's kind of power struggle, but Koba respects him, and he steps back, and fine, you said it, boss. He's like, but I'll make a compromise. We're going to follow the humans, and we're going to go tell them. Basically, we're going to see if there's any more of them, because Koba and a couple others follow them, and they see that in San Francisco, there's maybe 500 to 1,000 humans okay. surviving who have basically repopulated the city as best they can. Um, kind of... The, the troll market scene from Hellboy 2. Good scene. You know, Very like, scene. huts and, and, and vendors, yeah. and it's they're in the city, but it's overgrown, think I Am Legend, yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. They follow them, they see there's a bunch of them, so they're like, they bring that news back to Caesar, and he's like, okay, fine. We'll go tell all of them. Don't come back. So, the apes show up, a couple of them on horseback, and they drop off the kid's bag, and that guy, I, I want to say his name is... Will or Graham or whatever his name is, but he comes out because he's he already told the the leader of the humans who is um, Gary Oldman, who was uh, Inspector Gordon in. Oh yeah, Inspector, I know, I know. Not Inspector, <laughs> um, 
Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, yes. in Batman, in Dark Knight. I, I know who. I actually know who Gary Oldman is. And from the trailers, you think he's going to be the bad guy, human? No, he's not. No. He's actually a pretty stand-up dude um, who just wants to protect his people. But he, the main human, already came back and told him, "Like you're not going to believe what happened. They, these were intelligent apes. They talked to me." And he's like, "You're out of your mind. That's that's not possible." No. Um, we know there's apes living out there, but they didn't talk to you. You hallucinated or something. Um, but we found out the reason the humans even went there in the first place is they're basically on the last of the fossil fuels that they okay. have access to. You know, you know, regardless of what you, whether you think we have a limited supply of fossil fuels in the real world or not, once human society collapses and you I'm can't grow for anymore, yeah, no it's one's going drilling. to run exactly. out. Yeah. But there is a hydroelectric, hydroelectric dam in the apes' territory that if they can get that started, they can power their area. Okay. So they're kind of trying to decide... What's going to happen? The apes show up and prove to everyone they talk, they mean business, they want to be left alone. Do not screw with us, is basically their message. Um, and the humans are pretty much like, at Gary Oldman, you know, it's Lenium, he's pretty much like, I don't want to do this, but if we don't get power, we will die. Yeah. We're going to have to go wipe them out. I don't want to do it, I'm not a bad guy, but if it's I go extinct, where they go extinct, you know, if, if we all die, where they all die, I want to be the ones who live. I'm sorry. Even if half of us die doing this, at least the others will survive. Okay. The, the main human, uncommon Will. Will says, look, give me three days. We've got at least three days of fossil fuels left. Let me go. I, I seem to have a bit of a rapport with Caesar. Let me go by myself into the woods and I will try to, I'll explain what happened, I'll explain everything, and I think, because he seems reasonable, even though he's like, don't screw with us, I think he'll let me go turn on the dam. Okay. We, then we just have to leave a couple people there to run it, but otherwise, we can live peaceably. And by this point in the movie, you're already like, yeah, that seems like a really good idea, guys, because yeah, yeah. everybody on both sides is really cool. Go team. Except right. Kirk, Kirk Acevedo and Copa. All right. <laughs> Aside from you, everybody's cool. And even though you two of you, I get why you're not cool. With everybody else. So, he goes, and he eventually gets joined by Kirk Acevedo, which was the biggest mistake to bring him with him, his wife, and the stepson. His son, her Kirk. stepson. As well as another guy who I don't even know if he gets a name, but he's kind of the muscle. They drive out there. Um, immediately, Caesar is like, I told you, again, with the expo breath yeah. speaking, I told you to stay away. Um, and they... Almost decide to kill him, but finally he's like, look, I know I know you told us to do, but we are going to die if you don't help us. We don't want to hurt you. He doesn't tell them that if by three days from now we don't come to agreement, my people are going to come and kill you, because that would be a yeah. bad move, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. But he goes, look. And eventually they come to an understanding. They go to the dam. He shows them it, and he's like, let's, let's work together. And Caesar kind of reluctantly, but he's like, okay, I will help you. He, he takes all their weapons. They did have a couple weapons. Because, yeah. you, you know, the bears and stuff. I'm about to say, bears. you're not going to walk in the middle of the forest yet. Unarmed, yeah. You know, he take, breaks the weapons, throws one of them into the river later on. And he's like, you know, as long as you follow my rules, we're cool. Okay. I'll help you out. Meanwhile, Koba still doesn't trust anything. He's, he and two other apes. I think it might be Bright Eyes, or Blue Eyes. Because Blue Eyes kind of looks up to him. Blue Eyes does not jive with his dad really well. He respects his dad, but the two of them don't see eye to eye, and they don't understand each other. But he looks up to kind of his uncle Koba, if you will, and so him, Ash, and Koba, I think it's Ash as well, 
go and they, they find the humans who are preparing for war. They find them, like, testing guns and... Because there's a, there's a fort nearby and they're just getting whatever guns they have, and they're testing and making sure everything works. And they're like, well, there's all the evidence we needed. The humans are bad news. We should go kill them. They come back and they... Uh, meanwhile, they're, they're working on the dam trying to get it fixed and things seem to be going pretty well. Like eventually, they get it to the point where it, it turns on and there is power in San Francisco. And there's this gas station, abandoned gas station in the woods, where they kind of have a nice moment where that's the first thing they see with power once they turn it on. And one of the guys goes inside and finds, I forget what song it is, but he puts a CD on over the loudspeaker and everybody just kind of has like a slow groove moment, which is very nice. Yeah, okay. And they, uh, everything looks like it's going pretty well. Yeah. And then there's this baby chimp, most freaking adorable thing in the world. It's uh, Caesar's second son with his wife, Judy Greer, who I don't even think is named in the movie. The actual character of the ape, I don't know if it's name. But this thing's adorable, and it's kind of crawling on Carrie Russell's shoulders. The kid has um, bonded with Marcel, the, the orangutan, because yeah. the sketchbook, and that guy's the teacher, so they're kind of going back and forth. Intelligence. Everybody's kind of bonded, everybody's kind of cool, except Kirk Acevedo, who... His whole family died in the... Like, he, he has good reason to yeah. hate and distrust the apes. Like, everybody he knows and ever loves is dead. He's the last one left. He thinks everybody's being an idiot about these apes, which are... They can talk. This is a problem. Like, well, everything yeah. about this is bad. We shouldn't trust them. Um, the ape, the little chimpanzee baby, starts crawling over to... I like how you make boxes. him, like, three inches tall. Yeah. He's, like, six inches tall. Okay. He's adorable. He's newborn. You see him born in the... Now, you don't, like, literally see him that born. The miracle of monkey life. <laughs> um, but you see, like, right afterwards. Well, you think the wife is dying, but it's okay. actually... She still kind of is afterwards. Like, she's not doing well. And Carrie Russell patches her up, which is another thing that really helps. Yeah. After the next scene, when the baby is crawling over the toolbox, Kirk Acevedo freaks out and runs over and kicks it because the baby has just uncovered that he has a sawed-off shotgun hidden mm. in the bottom of the toolbox, which this is the shotgun that... Um, Caesar throws into the water and it, things look like they're going to fall apart but they convince him that look we'll kick him back to the city Kirk Acevedo I'm about to say why not, continue working why not just you. let yeah why not we're do normal s- rules of justice and this guy gets in trouble and not all of humanity we didn't know about this we're so sorry he's like okay and then um, Carrie Russell because she notices that Caesar's wife is like dying after the, like she, whatever something inside her didn't heal right yeah. after the birth basically and she's like, look, I'm a doctor. I'll I'll do my best. I've never worked Not on a monkey doctor, before, yeah. but I will do my best. Like, just please let us stay and help. We like you guys. We're really sorry. We're pro-monkey. Um, and so that kind of works out a little bit. So Koba, is, Koba has seen all this. He knows about the weapons. He goes back to San Francisco, across the bridge, the very rusty and dilapidated Brook, uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, you, know, Brooke, the, you know the Brooklyn Bridge in San Francisco? Oh, of course, yeah. Yes, yes. Very famous. The, the Golden Gate Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes across and he finds two of the humans who are testing. And he's already been there once and he played dopey. He played kind of like circus ape, made goofy faces, immediately changed his posture, just kind of, I'm a goofy ape, look at me. Mm-hmm. And that got him out of being shot earlier in the movie. He goes back to those same two guys and does the same thing. And they're like, Oh, he's kind of cute. He points to their bottle of whiskey and like, oh, give him some whiskey. He wants some whiskey. And so he does and they're goofing around and then he picks up one of the rifles and like, oh, that's probably bad, but okay, just give us that. And then he shoots shoots a point blank. Okay. Steals a bunch of guns, brings it back, or at least one gun. He climbs up while everybody's kind of celebrating in 
Ape Village. And everything's going great. Wait, is it like the Ewok celebration? Not nearly as Wub Wubby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Or Nub Nubby, I guess. Nub Nubby, yes. Wub Wubby would be the, uh, the Dubber. The Dubber. <laughs> I would probably enjoy that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wub Wub. Nub Nub. <laughs> and everything's looking perfect. There's power in San Francisco. The humans are, everything's going great. Yeah, Kirk Acevedo is sitting in a car in the in the jungle waiting for the rest of his people for when they're done, but he's, he's like, not going to be trouble. He's far away from everybody else. Yep. He doesn't have a gun. And then Koba spies from the shadows Kirk Acevedo, and he hates Kirk Acevedo as he's making his way back to Ape Village. And he kills him, takes his lighter, because hmm. he's trying to, like, light a cigarette or whatever in the, in the car, or just flicking around with the lighter because he's bored. Because he's sitting in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, you know, what else are you going to do? <laughs> what else are you going to do? He's just ticked off about apes and life in general. And he he goes to a village, and he opens, he flicks open the lighter, starts it, starts lighting the village on fire. Wait, Koba. who killed... Oh, Koba. Koba lights the village on fire. Starts, starts a fire in the village. Okay. And then he takes the gun, goes to the shadows, and assassinates Caesar. No, she's dead. Caesar falls off the side of Ape Village, just like a hundred feet down. And you're like, oh crap. We're halfway through this movie. That's a huge surprise. Yeah. I never in a million years thought they'd kill off Andy Serkis in this... Maybe <laughs> at the end, but you never think that they're going to kill off Andy Serkis in the middle well, of this you, movie. you know. But, you know, every... You've already seen, like, a bunch of times where Koba's like, we need to do something. You're going to get us all killed. And now Koba's finally like, you know what? I'm top ape. I'm not living under this anymore. This is going to go south. Might as well go south with me in charge and with me being the one to make the first move. So he assassinates Caesar. He, and so he's killed him with a human gun. He leaves the gun behind. Yeah. And he started a fire with a human lighter. So it looks like the humans have started. Exactly. So he's like, we're going to war. Bunch of apes go into that fort. They take all the guns they can. And the humans are, the humans are still over in, in uh, well, our, our main humans. They're yeah. like running off into the woods as fast as they can to try to escape. Because the apes are like, kill everybody. Like, even the apes that were pretty good, I think Marcel, basically, he ushers them to the side. He's like, you need to run right now, hmm. because they're going to come kill you. Um, and he's like, he's he's still loyal, loyal to Caesar. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, they run off into the woods. But the humans in San Francisco, they're like, they're having their own little dance party. They've got power. It's like the Matrix Rift in the second Matrix. It kind of except it's silent, because this is happening at the same time the apes are weaponing up. Okay. And so it's I, one of the jokes that somebody else on our network uh, out now with Aaron and Abe. They made the joke that it was probably uh, "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor." If I remember the joke, that that's the song they're playing. <laughs> you just see them like dancing and celebrating because they've got power, and now they've got power. They've got the radios up and running. They're trying to see are there other human settlements out here? Like, can we get in hmm. contact with anybody? What's going on? The apes are just grabbing everything, and a lot of this is done in mostly silence. Where it's just like creaks and groans and very little music for a lot of, not all of it, but for a lot of it, especially in key scenes, the apes just grab every gun they can and they ride into San Francisco. A lot of them on horseback, carrying machine guns, Mm -hmm. and at one point, uh, Koba's dual-wielding machine guns on the back of a horse. And instead, it's awesome, but at the same time, like I said, this is that horrors of war thing where by the time this happens, you're like, no! No, everybody should be working together. You're all so awesome, and I want everything is awesome. I want everything to work out for everybody. Well, it's not going to work out for everybody. Well, no, obviously. The apes roll in and catch the humans unaware. 
um, the humans start fighting back as fast as they can, like Gary Oldman's, he's ex-military, all his family's dead, but he's like, you know, he's every, you know, you over there, you over there, we've got, we still got a bunch of guns in here, so we're not like defenseless, um, send out the APC, they've got like one APC that they send out, um, to which Koba jumps on top, pulls out the machine gunner, and pulls out the other guy, and now Koba's got an APC, which he uses to ram down the doors. Okay. Back to our main group of humans in the woods. They're running, they're running. They uh, get almost back to the jeep when they find Caesar. Caesar is not dead. Okay. He's he, he's almost dead. Oh, he's mostly dead. He's mostly dead. Um, it was true love. It was it was like a gut shot where it, okay. it wasn't like a. He did fall away, but he's an, he's a chimpanzee, you know. Because yeah, they know how to fall really well. They know how to fall, but it was also like he was falling down through trees and okay. stuff. So even though it was a long distance, like. And I've heard some people be like, oh, he should have died there. It would be a much better... But for me, I totally bought that he was dead up until that moment. And they did really cool things with it afterwards. So they, they're like, well, we've got Dr. Carrie Russell. So she starts patching him up as best she can. They bring him into the suburbs. Um, they're looking for a place to stay. And he points to a house. And it's the same house from the first movie. And you know that because there's this... Um, pattern in the window, like in the top, in the attic, and that's kind of like Caesar's, the symbol, it's kind of like the Mockingjay symbol okay. in, in um, Hunger Games, yeah. where it's like, it's the symbol of the revolution, it's the symbol of, you know, like Caesar lives type deal. It's a very simple, it's kind of like a triquetra, except it's four-pointed, Okay, um, and it's almost like the inverse, it's hard to explain, but, so they go there, there, uh, Caesar rests for a few days, and they find or he finds in the attic, like, all of his old stuff, and um, James Franco's video camera, so there's a little bit of battery left. He watches, like, a few seconds of James Franco, just reminding him of the good that is in humans. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Koba has won. Koba is funneling people into cages. It's very much like we are to the point of, I can see where we get to Planet of the Apes from here. Humans are in cages. The few apes that are still loyal to Caesar, which is pretty much the gorillas and the chimpanzees, like the or I'm sorry, and the orangutans. Like the chimpanzees will follow the alpha chimpanzee. It seems yeah. like for the most part, but the gorillas and the orangutans were not there because Caesar was alpha. He was there because he they trusted him and you know yeah. they they appreciated him. They're all chained up inside of a bus. Like Koba has them under house arrest. Basically, I can't trust you. You're still loyal to Caesar. And so all of them are, like, got shackles around their neck inside this bus. The humans are in pens. And most of them, like, the, the apes are, like, just going building to building and ripping humans apart or enslaving them. Um, like, there's this old man that falls down. And I think he actually tries to hit Koba with a, um, I don't forget what you call those divider things. But basically you see him at a movie theater where they, they stand up in their with platform. The, with the, yeah, the stretchy rope thing. Yeah. yeah, except this was like a brass one that you'd see at a nice... It doesn't okay. have the stretchy rope, but it would have like the clip Where it clips ones. the... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he tries to hit Koba with it. Koba deflects it, knocks him down, and then tells... I think it's Ash. Tells Ash to kill him. Ash refuses. Mm-hmm. And so Koba's like, okay, I understand. And he picks up Koba... Or he picks up Ash and throws him off a balcony and kills him. Wow. Um... In, I don't think it was in front of Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes is already starting to have reservations about. I think blue I backed eyes. the wrong. Yeah, Blue Eyes. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I backed the wrong horse here. Like yeah. I looked up to Koba when he was the kind of dangerous, cool uncle. Mm-hmm. But now that he is killing these humans that my dad loves so much, like I think there's a problem here. Um, 
and he's got Marcel. Like, I'm, I was friends with Marcel. He's got Marcel chained up in a bus. Like, what's going on? So, Blue Eyes runs runs in you know out of there, and he eventually. Um, I forget what Will Will has to go back into the city for something. I forget what. Oh, he's trying to get a medical kit so that they basically antibiotics for Caesar. And he's, like, barely dodging apes as he's going through. Like, they just barely not see him as he ducks from room to room. He goes in through the subway. And so it's, it's not like a, yeah. oh, there's no way a person could get by them. Like, it's pretty plausible how he's able to avoid the magic, like, ripping humans to shreds and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're kind of occupied. Yeah. And he finally gets caught by an ape. But it's Blue Eyes. And he's like, but Blue Eyes lets him go. But he's like, but before he walks away, he's like, no, your dad's alive. You don't understand. Like, not only is your dad alive, but he told us because he saw where the shot came from. He's like, your dad told us that Koba shot him. Come with me. So they take him back. He's reunited with his father. Um, and Caesar makes a pretty decent recovery once the um, medicine no kicks in and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a couple days pass, and they're like, okay, so we're, um, we need to get Caesar back in. Because once the chimpanzees see that he's alive, but find out that yeah. ape tried to kill ape, then there will be a serious problem, and they'll be able to dethrone Koba, and maybe everything will go and back to And everyone must happily ever after. That's the hope. <laughs> so, um, they go in, they break out the orangutans and gorillas. Good move, yeah. You see, like, them painting Caesar's sign, the symbol from the window on the wind, on the glass, and then the, all the big apes, the, the orangutans and gorillas, start making noise, which draws over a few guards, and they grab them and pull them against and start rocking back and forth until they flip the bus over <laughs> and crush a bunch of evil chimps. Not like evil chimps, but Koba. Yeah, Koba's Koba followers. Yeah. So they break out, um, and Caesar goes up and challenges Koba, like, hey, guess what? You tried to kill me, it didn't work. Ape doesn't kill ape, and you screwed up royally. Like, And yeah. so the apes are starting to come to his side, but not all of them. And now they're all on top of this building. I've heard the big building in San Francisco is, but it's a, it's a big skyscraper. It's kind okay. of an unfinished one. They're on top of it. So there's lots of rebar sticking out cause, and a crane because it was never finished because uh, society just yeah. was destroyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how that happens. Your priorities. Remember, last, remember when Ireland was destroyed? Remember oh, we were talking yeah. about that before? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Remember Ireland <laughs> and how they had to stop midway through <laughs> Dublin or something? Wait, Dublin. <laughs> You know how Dublin's unfinished? Remember what I said? They kind of got halfway through and they're like, I was This has become the strangest running joke yeah. of any podcast ever, possibly. So, um, they're up there. Will, meanwhile, is trying to rescue any humans and he runs into Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is underneath the building with a few other humans. They've gotten in contact with, like, the National Guard or the Army. There is some organized remnant of humans left outside of San Francisco. They've gotten in, in contact with them. They're coming. So it's like, the cavalry's going to be here. We just yeah. need to we need to kill as many apes as we can, so we're lacing the bottom of the building with C4 all the way down here mm. in the subway. And as soon as it's done, we're going to blow it up, kill as many apes. Oh, maybe we can even get all of the apes in one fell swoop and save the world. Good which, plan. You know, this yeah. is my plan. And Will's like, no, see, you don't understand. Caesar's here. Like, everything's going to be okay, maybe. We need to give him a chance. And, like... No, we, we're not going to do that. So he grabs one of their guns, holds them all at gunpoint, and it's like, I can't let you do this. I can't let you stop what chance we have at peace. And Gary Oldman grabs the detonator and explodes them all. So now the building is crumbling. As Caesar and Koba are having their wrestling match, basically, okay. up at the top for dominance. You know, keep in mind, C- you know, Caesar's, Caesar's is injured, at yeah. top 
form, he can beat Koba no problem. Or at least has in the movie so far. Like, there's a couple times where Koba did something and he knocks him, you know, right on his ass. But he's in serious pain, he's bandaged up, um, and Koba noses and Koba fights dirty, and all these kind of things. And so the building is crumbling, the apes are like... They didn't get all the C4 finished, so, like, it's only like half the building is, is crumbling. But that's a lot, and it's... But the, a lot of the apes are able to get to safety, and they're fighting, and they're fighting, and eventually... You know, they keep, it keeps going back and forth who has the upper hand, but eventually Koba is hanging from, you know, by one hand and yeah, is about to fall down the pit. And Caesar gets, Caesar's standing above him. Caesar has to search for him, actually, because they, like, fall in different directions. And, like, the question is, is Koba going to, like, sneak up behind him and kill him? Or is Caesar, what is Caesar going to do? Are you going to get the, um, I don't. I'm not going to kill you because Ape doesn't kill Ape, but I don't have to save yeah. you Batman well, moment. Yeah, yeah. What What are you going to get here? Because the apes don't talk a lot, but when they do, it's usually important. What are you going to say? So Koba's like, you know, Ape doesn't kill Ape. And Caesar looks at him and he goes, you're no Ape. Oh. And he lets him fall to his death. And I was like, yeah, I thought that works. You yeah, know, you know it was going to be something like that. I think you are no ape works. Like, it's a little bit animal farming. You know, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others type deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, lets him fall to his death. The apes return to the jungle. And with... The main human character will literally... Like, again, I think his name is well. I don't care. But he literally fades out into the darkness. It's like this movie begins with apes and ends with apes. He's kind of in the background of the scene. He comes back to say goodbye to Caesar. And he's kind of in the shadow... And the next time Caesar turns around, he's pulled a Batman and he's gone, and you never see the humans again. <laughs> he's pulled a Batman. No, I mean, it's yeah, kind, no, of, yeah, kind yeah. of what it is. You know, because the humans are not the focus of this movie. It is about the dawn of the planet of the apes, not about the human resistance or the humans who yeah. live anywhere. And uh, <clears throat> the movie ends with the apes kind of starting to rebuild, and with the threat of the military is on their way, but at least Koba's dead, and maybe... Maybe there can be a peaceful resolution, but, you know, it's not going to happen. No, yeah. Because we've seen the five movies that come after yeah, this. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so that's Dawn of the... Or that's, yeah, that's Dawn of the Planet Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the Apes. all right. Did, did you think, do you think my version does any justice to what the story actually was? Uh, possibly. Yeah, it's it? hard to say, I mean, without having seen it. Now that I've ruined everything, I, yeah. I literally cannot recommend this movie enough. It is so good. <laughs> and I say that as a person who generally doesn't care about Planet of the Apes one way or the other. This one is an excellent, excellent, excellent movie. Just as itself, it's a good film. It is. Yeah, I mean, if you'd never seen Rise, like, you'd probably miss some of the detail. Like, you, you wouldn't know Rocket's relationship with Caesar or Koba's yeah. previous relationship with Caesar, how these things work out. Um, previously, you know, why is Marcel so awesome? You know, things like that. Again, his name's probably not Marcel, but he is an awesome, awesome ape. Um, some of that stuff you might be a little bit uh, lost on, even though you should see that movie because it's good. Not as good as this one, but it's good. But it is just an excellent movie. So, all right. So that was longer than that I expected it to be. Long one, yeah. <laughs> so um, go see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Even with it being spoiled, it's still an excellent movie, I think. Or just listen to this and just listen idea. to this again and, and imagine apes in, in yeah. your in your brain flying around. And uh, don't see Omega Man because <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> okay, baby, baby, give it a shot. You never no, know. No, don't. Maybe. There's no reason to see a microband. Uh, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. And uh, have a great week, everybody.
Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jordan, F-R-N, Jersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out hhwlod.com for lots of great content just like it. 